on the upbeat is recorded in front of a live studio scottians on the upbeat it's time to move your feet This week on the podcast, we discover that simple-minded symphony is not simple-minded or a symphony. Stay tuned. Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. Hey there, I'm RJ Phoenix, your favorite host on your favorite ska podcast. That's Face it, it's true. It's true. Okay. You, you can like Matt. I'll allow it. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Scott Podcast, RJ, why don't you introduce our guest? Why do you, why, you always throw this to me like I have something prepared. Now I just got to go right off the top of my head and say this handsome fella that we got on this episode, all the way from Texas, he is the mastermind behind Scott Punk International, the record label, Scott Punk International, the podcast, Scott Punk International, <laughs> the Ska Festival. It's Chris Reeves, everybody. Cool, Chris. What's going hey. on, sir? Scott. Happy to be here. Scott Punk International, the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. Merchandising. Uh, Merchandising. It's so funny. I love that movie. Uh, all right. So, yes, uh, Chris is here from Scott Punk International. Chris, how how are things going? How's life? Uh, pretty good. You know, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not, like, a little stressed with all the things going on, but, yeah. uh, you know. First world problems, like things are great, no <laughs> right. complaints. Things are right. good. Yeah, it's good to you know, yeah, be busy and be, you know, health. There's a healthy amount of feeling like um, you're doing something that feels, yeah. you know, like work. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's all good stress, you know. Like I'd rather have a lot going on than nothing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no complaints really. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, we, of course, are going to deep dive into all that you have going on uh, with uh, SPI Fest and uh, all that fun stuff, of course. But uh, before we get to that, RJ, how has your week been? How are things going? Uh, It's been busy. Uh, So uh, we got rid of a couch this weekend. Um, I know you're like, RJ, just getting rid of couches. (laughs) Well, we had two in our living room. Uh, we, we bought a couch in May of 2020. Uh, we bought a new couch. And of course, high to COVID, nobody was taking our old couch in. So we just kind of had two couches in our living room, like some kind of frat house. And finally, we're like, we need to get rid of this couch. And we, we called uh, 311 Bulky Pickup in L.A. And uh, they're, they're coming to pick it up uh, tonight, I think. Um, but I had to flex my old man muscles and uh, try to carry a couch with uh, my friend Tommy. And uh, <laughs> oof. I am I'm I'm a lot older than uh, I need to get back to the gym is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so is your your living room is downstairs, right? Yeah, yeah, it's on the first level of my home. So my because li- I live in like a town home type thing, so most of my living quarters is upstairs, and we yeah. actually do have a couch we're gonna get rid of. And guess what we're replacing it with? What bean bag? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, Talk about frat house. I know exactly. I, know. <laughs> I was like, when you were like 
two couches. What are we, a frat house? I was like, <laughs> I, I feel personally attacked. What's going on here? <laughs> I've had two couches a lot in my life. Actually, I think for the most part of the first part of our marriage, we actually just had one big gigantic yeah. you know couch that was like a u-shaped thing ah one of those yeah that's yeah. what we have yeah I, our couches though see the couch bisects the dining room from the living room on our, our floor yeah. uh, so they were back to back so we actually had a couch like in our, our dining room so you could sit there while people were sitting at the table if you wanted it was a very strange setup that uh, now it's just like oh my god our dining room's huge because there's not a couch taking up space anymore so that was my big. That was my big week. How about you, Matt? Um, no. Wait, wait. Before Matt, I, I need to circle back to something. Yeah, I okay. can't. I can't just let it go. Did you say three eleven bolt pickup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, uh, in L.A. You call three one one, and you can. Uh, there's a whole bunch of like services you can do through L.A. County if you call three one one. Yeah, and one of them is bulk pickup for your uh, trash. Yeah. So like Peanut and Nick Hexum come get it, or. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, we're going to pick this up original style, so we're coming original. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Amber <laughs> is the color of your couch. <laughs> <laughs> I. So every, maybe not every year, probably obviously during COVID, they probably didn't have it. But it, it still uh, blows my mind that 311 is still big enough to sell a cruise almost every year. Why? Think, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, why? They're why they're great. Oh, oh I'm, not saying, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're terrible. A terrible band. I'm saying, I guess I didn't realize their fandom was still that large. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. There's there's diehards for them. Oh, where yeah. I'm from, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, it's it's the least surprising thing. Actually. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I mean, obviously they do get a bunch of other bands, so maybe that combined with, you know, whatever, so... Um, I mean, I'm not here to defend 311. In fact, when I had a chance to see 311, I was like, nah, I'll leave the show early. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen 311. I actually saw them on a Warp Tour. Um, Yeah, I've seen them three or four times maybe i'm trying to think maybe that i haphazardly see them on a warp tour that could be the case but a back to the beach yeah no i was just like i'm i'm avoiding traffic i'm out of here oh i would i would have watched them there for sure i'm not no. i feel like i'm i've suddenly ended up being the 311 defender i'm not i just <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I, I like i like some of the songs they're fine they, i have no issues with them yeah but yeah. I don't like love them or something, but if I have a chance to see them and it's cheap or like I'm already there or something, like I'm gonna do it. I had a hotel to go get checked into. I had a half past yeah. two abracadabra show I needed to go see. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, I get I it. I see, I see, I see. Get them three eleven. I get it. I can see they're not your favorite. You had some other things to do, so you did them. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. get it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of bands I probably wouldn't go see if they weren't playing with someone else. It's not that I don't like them. Uh, and actually, I was pretty into 311 when, you know, in their heyday in the 90s. So, um, so yeah. All right, enough 311 talk. <laughs> enough 311 couch talk. That's my fault. You asked me to be on. This is what happens. <laughs> well, I adore it. All right, let's get to some ska news. Here we go. Yeah! Yeah, friends and messages, we're telling you. I'm sorry, I've heard, but again, you're about to miss me. 
Sky News, where we tell you about the latest releases and some cool things happening in the Sky community. I feel like Gary's going to be upset that we talked uh, a lot about 311 and he couldn't be here. So, uh, sorry, Gary. That's our new thing. We it, we just put Gary bait at the top of the show and then he gets mad and texts us. And uh, yeah, and he's like, you should have shown up. We sent you the Zoom link, bro. <laughs> uh, so, on January 17th, Loser, a.k.a. Chris Grau, released a new song called Sound the Alarm featuring the Ruffalos. The video you can find on Chris Grau's YouTube page. And uh, the song is streaming everywhere now, so let's uh, take a moment and listen to a, a clip of Loser featuring the Ruffalos. It's a catchy tune, and uh, oh, yeah. the video is so h- good. hilarious, uh, like every other Chris Grau uh, video. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. RJ, what do you got for us? Uh, so I am going to uh, play a song from a, a newer band. Uh, they're called Ska City. They're a British-American nine-piece collective based out of uh, Asheville, North Carolina. This is their uh, debut album. It's self-titled Ska City. And here's the lead track off of that album. It is called People Watching. good songs catchy how did you discover this band uh they they had posted on reddit so about a week ago saying their album was coming out so i was just paying attention for when it dropped and it came out on Bandcamp and on spotify uh yesterday uh with sunday um time of recording uh yeah and i thought it was really fun and so I wanted to play a, a track. I, I almost went with the self-titled track. I almost played Ska City by Ska City off their album, Ska City. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, I think I like people watching just a little bit more. And we went with that one instead. Yeah, I looked them up on Instagram and they're a nine-piece Ska band. Mm-hmm. 
And I think yeah. they're sort of based in the UK and in America. I think they have British members. Yes. I think that's the thing. They, as far as I know, they're based in Nashville. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where you discover a band and it's like they've already got everything together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Sometimes you discover a band and like, okay, they just put out their first new song. They're just they just started playing together like a week ago. Uh, and you, you love them, but you like it. so it's good to catch a band like it's almost like what other bands are these got cats in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like because yeah. this is this is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, wow, there must be some connection somewhere else. Here. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. have to dig into that. Yeah, they may be a part of other bands. That uh, would make sense. All right. Uh, so uh, next up, um, I just want to tell you all about uh, the a tour that's going to be coming through uh, Louisiana and Texas in late March and early April. It is the Jer plus Bat Operation with Joystick. Uh, it is coming through, like I said, Louisiana and Texas. Um, and it's a short little tour. It's just a, like, I think, uh, four or five dates right at the end of March, early April. And, uh, yeah, so you can go to badoperationneworleans.com to see all the dates and the tickets. You can get tickets. And uh, that sounds like a fun show. Um, I'm glad that, you know, that's been the most exciting part of this year so far is seeing so many tours just like ready to go. Shows are back. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's been fun. And if you get, Dallas tickets on that tour. You can hang out with me. I'll be there. Ooh. One of these days, I do want to hang out with Chris. And then you can see how awkward I really am in person, Chris. But it'll <laughs> oh, be fun. No. The, it's, it's the same for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always awkward at first. And then it's like, oh, actually, we're no, we're friends already. It's fine. And then it's all good. But it's always weird at first. But it's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's not even at first. You can ask me. I, I, I'm always awkward in person. <laughs> He's like this friendliest guy in the world. And I'm just like, yeah, hey, I know I talk to you for like 90 minutes every week. And like, here I am seeing you in person, still like shy as all hell for the whole entire duration of the I'm show we're sure at. Sure, it's fine. Uh, I'm an acquired taste. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I think we all are. Um, so, Chris, I kind of. I had to rack my brain at first as like, okay, I know this isn't Chris's first time on the podcast, but I felt like there was another, I kept thinking there was another time before we did that uh, whole big episode with a bunch oh, of Oh, the huge people. crossover. Yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, I think that was the first one. I, I don't think it think, was. Yeah. I don't think I've like actually been on like this before. Yeah. I don't. I just always that. ask you about all the bands beyond but i don't think i've actually done it other than that one with yeah. uh, adam aaron and uh, uh brian it took me a second to figure out why i thought you'd been on before and i think it was because we all did that andy b in the world thing uh, yes. right, for youtube yeah. and i i kept that just seemed like another time so i was like you know what i don't think we've actually done like a formal uh thing with chris so i don't i don't think so yeah so let's start out with Chris, how did you get into ska music? What is your ska hmm. origin story? Ah, yes. Uh, well, uh, I'm not really a spring chicken, so I got into it a long time ago, um, right around the time of when it starts like really taking off. But um, 
I had heard it earlier than that without realizing it because uh, Two Tone Army was the song for uh, Kablam on Nickelodeon. And I watched that like weekly. And so I thought that was super cool. But then when I started getting into skateboarding and started hearing like hip hop and punk rock and stuff on the uh, skate videos, um, then um, I started like hearing some of these bands. Like there was a uh, one video that I had is actually not skateboarding is a rollerblading video, but it had like suicide machines, um, the toasters, Mm, farts there was one more that i can't remember but then it also had you know like tripod quest and the far side a much cool like hip-hop on it um but i really really liked it was a toasters east side beat i really really thought that was cool so i got two or three toasters cds after that and one of them was the one that has two-tone army on it and i was like whoa it was like unlocking like having like ratatouille like unlocking a core memory i'm like whoa i know this song <laughs> Um, so yeah, well, that would have been when I was like 15, maybe 14. So 97, 96, somewhere around there. Mm. And, um, I went to my first show in 97, uh, Bucko nine and Mephiscopheles here in Dallas. Oh, wow. Um, there's this kid, Josh, that moved from, uh, San Diego and Josh seemed like so cool. Had all these CDs of all these like ska and punk bands that I didn't know. I would just like bring them and let me like borrow them and tape them or he would like tape them for me. And he told me like, Hey, you know, this show is coming. Do you think we could get our parents to like drive us? Like, I don't, I've only been here like three months. Um, do you know this place? Like, no, I've never been. No, <laughs> I'm 15. Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we could try. Um, and it was an all ages thing in the afternoon. It was at like doors are at like three or four or something the show is over before dark even <laughs> i think there was a local band that i don't remember but then uh bucko knife and then meth after that um and i hadn't heard either of them before but it just like blew me away and like seeing everybody go crazy the whole place was packed i was like oh this is, i'm hooked like that's it so you know every show i could from then on reading the liner notes on every cd see these and these and these and then you find you know, Asian man, and you find this and this and that. So it just went from there. You know, that's pretty much the story. Cool. I, I'm glad to hear you mention skate videos because that was a, a minor gateway for me too. And it's not something you hear that often, but for me and my friends, that was a that was a big that was a big thing. The skate videos. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was clear like curation being done on those videos. I mean, even now, some skate videos still come out, but it's not in the same way where you're like passing a VHS or yeah. even in the early 2000s, a DVD. Um, um, there's clear like curation done in like the music, the like the music that like either like the section of that skater liked, there would be like a song that they picked or something, or like the overall people putting it out because um, there were like clear vibes. Like yeah. some had just like the type of like hip hop or something that I wasn't that into or. Or just be a lot of like uh, classic rock or something that was not totally my thing either at yeah. that age. So um, you would like find the vibe of the videos you like, and if a new one was coming, you wanted that one. It was kind of like a, a mixtape you could watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's I love it, and one day I'm hoping to do one myself, but uh, we'll see. Ooh. I, I tried last year, but I couldn't get enough skaters willing to do it. <laughs> 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 I'll keep trying. 
Scott Deep Punk crack. International, the skate tape. I'm down. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I just want like someone to do it, and then I'll just give them like music. But ah. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. We'll see. But, yeah, I love I love skate videos. I still have a hole in my heart for them. So yeah. So uh, any skaters listening, if you got a little crew and want to make a, a videotape of your crew, uh, but you have to do it on old school VHS, though. That's the only way it's going to just get. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely put it on VHS. <laughs> There's there are more than one SBI band that want to do a thing on VHS. So that's already a thing I've figured out. <laughs> oh, nice. That's nice. Awesome. That's awesome. So how did you get the nickname Cool Chris? Was there a particular cool act you did? How did that nickname <laughs> come, come around? It's almost like the opposite, but um, it actually goes back to my DJ days for uh, like in college. After I was in like Scott Punk bands in college, after those broke up, I started like DJing at like parties and things um, because I had records and I didn't just only like Scott and Punk, even though like it like blew me away at like the shows. It was just like overall, I was just obsessed with like finding music and different things. And um, so I had a lot of records and people just asked me to come over and play, you know, while they hung out or whatever the party was doing. Some parties got like really nuts. Um, and I was doing that um, after college for a while. It was actually like my full time thing. Oh, wow. Um, and I didn't really have like a consistent name. But um, when I first got our residency, the owner at that place, it was called The Cavern, um, modeled after the place like where the Beatles were like first playing and like discovered in blood. Um, the owner there would just be like, oh, look who it is. It's cool, Chris. <laughs> and people there um, would sort of like say that. And so I just started going by like DJ Cool C um, to just shorten it. And um when all this SPI stuff started sort of taking off and some of the people started um, paying attention to me, there are a few that put two and two together that there's DJ Cool C is actually me. And so people just started doing the whole thing and just well, it sort of like went back in time, just started just saying, cool, Chris. Awesome. Um, so I guess DJing is a cool act that got me the thing, but I don't know. Just <laughs> the owner there, I'm kind of blanking on his name because that was a while ago. That was like 2007 when I was resident there. But Mark, maybe? <laughs> I don't remember. But anyway, he, he kind of gave it to me um, and I just let it happen. <laughs> so so you said before you started DJing, you were in uh, a Scott Punk bands that, that mm -hmm. failed. I I'm gonna have to ask, what were the names of these bands, Chris? Uh, well, the main one was called the Board Agains, like Board Again. It was not great, <laughs> um, and we weren't very good, but we were uh, very energetic, enthusiastic, and energetic. That all that'll buy you some uh, stage yeah. space for sure. I mean, that's kind of what it's gonna be when you're like 17 and 18. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we did get a lot of shows. Like we played with pretty much any band at the time that was still touring um, that came through Dallas. Some just like generally in Texas, like Emmy 330. We toured with Link 80. That's how I know Adam. Um, uh, we play like we played with Rise Against before they were like anything. Oh, wow. Um, they were opening for. Monster plug. No, that's not right. <laughs> Someone heavier. I don't know. They were oh, they were like the the support on a tour for a Scott yeah. Punk band, and we got put on that show. 
I don't know. The Galaxy Club was the big thing here before they closed in like, I don't know, 2008 or nine. And we opened a lot of shows there. Um, but we, again, we weren't very good. <laughs> like we really weren't very good. Um, hey, you can imagine, I know both of you can just like a generic third wave from around 97. And that's what we sounded like. Or 98, oh, yeah. And that's what we sounded like. Um, we occasionally did like heavier stuff. Cause we really liked like Voodoo Glow Skulls and Link 80, but, um, it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, when you're that age, your bands are supposed to be kind of a mess and fun oh, yeah. and just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Is that the only band or is there any more? Yeah. There was another one called, uh, the panic button. And we thought it would be cool to, after like a few shows, shorten it and be panic B. That was not cool either. <laughs> uh, the board had horns. We had uh, trombone and sax panic B was not it was straight ska punk guitar bass drums uh we were very much just trying to be suicide machines <laughs> um yeah a little better but also not very good <laughs> i feel like uh, that's uh 90s ska punk in general it you know the band or at least the bands that came a little bit later off of that you know not very you know not very good but better yeah, yeah. This kid's like, this is my first band. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to have fun. And then they, they don't sit around perfecting anything, which I think is good. That's the punk rock spirit. You just get out and you start playing, and you, right. you have fun. Um, so, so you're doing the bands. The bands dissolved. You start doing DJing, uh, and then eventually, you start doing uh, Scott Punk International. How did you make that change? That switch from DJ to, uh, well record label well i had stopped djing well before that like oh okay i haven't well i dj last year actually at, at <laughs> my friend's uh mega waves wedding Michi and Diglo. Oh, nice. they flew me out and said uh, we can't really do anything besides fly out and like that's fine <laughs> no worries there like i haven't done this in a while um but before that i hadn't played since Mm, 2011 oh wow yeah. um i did it i was seriously playing like five nights a week maybe six oh dude from like 2007 to around 2010 2011 and it was just like a beating like i was happy that like that's what i was doing but i was like barely making rent and stuff because unless you're like you know like quest love like a famous dj yeah no one's really gonna pay you um and so some people would come out but like i had to work so much you, you're up until like 5 a.m like it's brutal so um i went to school for advertising and so um i had done like some freelance stuff um and so around then like a friend of mine that i went to school with worked at this agency and was like you know i can get you a job doing design and i was like yeah screw it i'll I'll get a job. <laughs> like I'm tired. Um, and so I did that and I didn't really like the job very much, but I also was enjoying not like standing up for like four hours all the time. Yeah. yeah. So I never really started playing again, even though like I really only did that job for maybe a year. Uh, I don't think I even made it a year. And then I've been freelance <laughs> since <laughs> like, I haven't had like a real job since then, but, um, I haven't like 
really DJ either. So SPI though was really just pandemic. My freelance stuff had almost completely stopped. And, um, and my freelance stuff, it's all over the place, like producing podcasts or design or doing web stuff or writing copy. Like it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, but because of the podcast thing, it was like, I have so much free time just sitting here and my wife is sick of me talking about Scott. Like most of the other music I like she's into, but we don't really like that cross section doesn't really exist. Oh yeah. So, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's good. Like I don't, I don't want someone that like likes every single thing I do. That's yeah. Fine. Um, but, uh, pretty much was like, well, I know how to do this. I got nothing but time right now. I'm just going to start a thing. I like, I got an email because of, uh, working on a few of the other, um, podcasts from like, I used to have, I don't think they work there anymore. Like a rep at Spotify that would help get some of these shows like, Oh, on, like charts and stuff. So they emailed like, Hey, we've got this new thing where you can like use music. They're like, well, that's pretty cool. Um, can I, uh, do a show about ska? Or like, I guess so. <laughs> like they really were like, I mean, after because it was like a week or so before it launched they're like i mean after it launches anyone can do anything so i guess so (laughs) so i was a little fortunate that i launched around the time they were like like told everyone that you could make shows like that so there's a lot of like whoa cool the songs are in the episodes but um really i just had nothing but time so i just started it and didn't think anyone was going to pay attention um it was just something for me to do until like I could find more work again. Um, and uh, yeah, it's taken off from there. So how did, uh, what made you want to start uh, a label? Like, well, I've always wanted to do that ever since. Um, yeah. Really? Like when I started learning about like Asian man records or like some of the other, like really cool, like, labels and other genres like stones throw records is really really cool i really think um uh what peanut butter wolf does with that one is really really cool um needle juice like just there's a bunch that i think are um inspiring and like as a freelance kind of person and a marketing person i think there's a lot of like interesting stuff to watch on how these exist while like being diy without like selling out just to like sell stuff um, and so I've always wanted to try that because obviously I'm a music person. I've loved music forever. I'm always trying to find music. Um, and because I have some knowledge about marketing, it always seemed like at least some of the aspects I felt I would be okay at. And there's a ton of stuff that I was not prepared for and I'm having to learn <laughs> like constantly. Um, but you know, that's the price of things working and that's fine. I'm glad for that. But, yeah. uh, I just kind of always wanted to, and the podcast was doing pretty well. And the, um, I mean, really when I posted some videos on TikTok just to promote the, the podcast and a couple of them just started like blowing up and suddenly I had like a lot of followers there and was like, well, I should probably do something with this. And there was like only one choice, like really for me, there's only one choice that's to try to convert it into a label because a bunch of bands are already asking to be featured on the show. So it was like, well, some of them, I think I could do more for. And so it just seemed like a natural thing. 
What was the first band you put out a release for? Well, the first one was that Songs for Moms compilation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it was the uh, Upbeat All-Stars uh, from the UK, Andy B's old band, one of Andy B's old bands. Um, when Andy B was on the podcast, he told me like, hey, I've got this old thing. You'd probably like it. And <laughs> just kind of like sent me like a, a Google Drive thing. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> you're telling me what what how is this not a, <laughs> whoa like yeah i mean it did pretty well in the uk but like nothing ever happened beyond that um like can i put it in the u.s yeah sure basically <laughs> so that would be the first official one um he had like a truckload of cds just sitting around that they never used because they played some shows and then they just stopped and so um pretty much just i just had to pay to ship them from the uk and now i just gotta like he seriously sent me like 400 and we've sold some of course so i don't i don't have that many anymore but i do have probably 100 left or something um but it was great because pretty low risk for me to dip my toe in and um yeah it went it went fine so i was like great let's keep doing it awesome so how did you go from that to now having your own festival so, oh, I don't even know, to be honest. <laughs> so, I mean, I do because I lived it, but it seems insane, to be honest yeah. with you. So maybe just uh, fast forward a little bit and just say, like, how did you, where did putting this festival together? Because you announced it uh, very early this month in, in January. And, you know, it seemed you announced, like, I think the surprise for uh, at least... I can say for RJ, Gary, and I, it was that it was two days and you had just a list, a bunch of bands. And yeah. we were like, it just seemed so out of the blue for, for us. Like, it yeah. just seemed like. I, I know you had been teasing SBI Fest, but just the fact that it was going to be a thing. Yeah. Not yeah. Who was playing necessarily. Yeah. 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 That was a little bit on purpose. That's the marketing. <laughs> that was the marketing part of me knowing that there was like, um i don't know a little bit of like low expectations or like i don't know a little bit under the radar kind of thing yeah all right, all right. And so i knew that we could like i'll go back and answer your question in a second but i knew that like yeah we could definitely get a lot of like shock and like whoa knowing what was coming um because i knew that that was not actually what most people were expecting yeah um so that was on purpose. <laughs> go back to what you asked, though. Um, the quick version is that we did a show last year. Uh, we being um, Jacob from Young Costello, a.k.a. Scondad, has been booking shows around San Antonio and Austin for a really long time, like since 2014, maybe 2013. Um, did this like Sky Implosion series um, at a few different places. Um and you know book some other like random shows or whatever just um places where like young costello or even like Oscar and the diehards and polyphonics like really any of the texas bands you might know um have played some of those type of shows um but last year 2021 jacob was like i've got the opportunity to um do a couple shows around south by southwest um 
can you maybe you want to partner up and maybe you can help like book a few uh, bands that I might not know. Um, it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds fun. So, so I just messaged a few, you know, like uh, Andy um, and Jessica from flying raccoon suit. Um, they were like the main one on that show. And then it was some of the bands I just listed, like Los Corrados, Hans Gruber and the diehards, um, uh, Costello, a few other local ones that I'm forgetting vision 98, uh, flipping the combined effort. Um, so that was in Austin at Flamingo where we're doing it now. And then we did one the next day in San Antonio at a different venue. And that one had similar lineup, but also Los Cagoleros and Holy Schnikes. And then there was an official South by Southwest showcase that was back in Austin. Um, and I feel bad, but I don't totally remember that lineup except for Holy Schnikes because I actually didn't really book it at all. It was just like, hey, can you help promote it? Um, because one thing that's kind of not great about a South by Southwest showcase is they'll put it on like the website and they'll give you like the art, but you kind of just have to make sure people show up. Right. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll help make that happen no worries um but the two unofficial shows went like really really well the showcase is fine but it's south by stuff is a little awkward but um it was still really fun but the two official ones basically sold out tons of people super fun and so pretty quickly um people started being like well what are you gonna do next like what about next year who are you gonna invite um and I was not sure, like, it was fun, but it was like, it's not really what I want to focus on. Right. I'm focusing on, like, the stuff that I want to put out. I've already got stuff planned. So I kind of, like, put it off and put it off. But, like, things kept, like, going really well <laughs> for the label itself. Uh, followers and yada, 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 stuff growing. Um, I feel weird saying that stuff because it feels weird. But um, stuff has grown. And so... It was like he had Jacob had like actual dates with Flamingo sort of like blocked. And he was like, so are you in or not? And I'd already seen some chatter where people were like SPI Fest win in some different places. <laughs> and he was like, you know, we could probably just get like joystick, a flying raccoon suit and, you know, Hans Gruber and Jan Costello. And it was like, you know, if you do that, people are just going to say, is this SPI Fest? Like we might as well just do it. Like we might as well just do it. Like just commit that both days and we'll, I'll just like go in and just ask everybody that I can. We'll just shoot for the moon and see what could happen. And that's pretty much it. Like I wasn't really sure if we could get like maybe the toaster tsunami bomb, stuff like that. I didn't know for sure if it would work based on like our budget and stuff, but um, you know, like it turned out that Lilith's man band and Wicked Bears were like trying to already get over here at the same time. And it was just like a perfect fit. And like a couple of things like that just happened around like October when I was trying to put la that last SPI direct together. And it was just like, you know what? We're actually going to be able to pull this off. I don't know every band that's going to be there yet, but we already have like most of these. I'm just going to tell people we're doing it <laughs> and then we'll do the lineup later. It'll be fine. And it was very much like a, a Wayne stock situation because it was like, most were booked, but I figured worst case, whatever. All I said was the dates. I say all kinds of stuff online that I then like, like <laughs> typos or whatever. It's yeah. fine. So I was like, worst case, there's only one day or what? I don't know. So I just set it in October, but then 
yeah, there was a lot of all over the place stuff and there still is, um, because doing a whole festival is a lot, but, um, finally got to where, um, like right around Thanksgiving, it was like, all right, we can do this. It's all locked in. We got the lineup done. Let's do this. So then it was a matter of just getting art done. And because of holidays, I couldn't get it done to do it yeah. until basically like right before Christmas. But then we're not going to do this at Christmas. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. then it was like, okay, I got this other album we got to do at the beginning of January. So we'll do it right after that. So yeah. Just yeah. just do it and we'll be legends. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think it's going pretty well, though. I'm happy about it. Yeah. So uh, how are ticket sales going as of right now? Obviously, we're recording this on, you know, uh, a Monday and that'll late January. Yeah, yeah, it'll drop on uh, Wednesday. We're recording on January 23rd. This will go up on the 25th. As of right now, how are tickets going? I mean, pretty good. Uh, I mean, there was always like the big concern, because like I said, I knew that there would be a lot of like, whoa, but that doesn't necessarily mean people are going to buy tickets because ideally yeah. this was already like tickets on sale and stuff, maybe in December or even earlier yeah. because a lot of the SPI audience isn't necessarily in Texas. Like there are because of some of the bands being in Texas, but there's also a lot yeah. all over the world, yeah. not just in the U S right. So there would be traveling. So I, I was a little stressed out that it'd be like, Whoa. And we'd get like, a lot of shares and da da da, but that didn't necessarily mean sales. But it's going pretty great. Um, we're about two thirds sold out. There's only uh, let me double check real quick. There's only thirty eight two day passes left. Like literally right now, this second. Oh wow, nice. Um, and then you know around fifty ish single day for Saturday. Around like about the same for Friday. So awesome. about two thirds sold out. Um, yeah. Because it's about a 300, 350 cap room and we have so many freaking bands that we actually have to consider how many of those people will be there and can't sell tickets for that. And Yeah, yeah. That's, um, so yeah, we can sell about like 300 or so and yeah, we're about two thirds there. Um, so I'm super happy about that. That's awesome. That's like, uh, you know, we, we, we saw that and we were like, wow, that that is a gr- great lineup. Uh, part of part of us, RJ and I, were both like, "Too bad it's in Texas," <laughs> and so we. Yeah. But we were definitely excited for you and for it, and excited. Oh know, yeah, I'm 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 very upset that I can't be there to be honest because it's a killer lineup, a uh, bunch of my favorite people, uh, being uh, put on by one of my favorite online ska buddies, and yeah, it's just a real shame. So. Because uh, uh, it's going to be super rad. Well, too bad I didn't give you more time. See, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it's like you could have told us last March and we'd be like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's that's what people keep telling me is that like there's some people that wouldn't have been able to make it work no matter what. Yeah. So ultimately I'm over it, but I can't help but think yeah. about it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I totally get it. So you mentioned you dropped a new release. You have a new artist uh, in early January. You released just I think didn't wasn't it New Year's Day? Uh, January third. Okay, so very early in the new year. Uh, yeah. You dropped a n- new release from an, a new artist on your label. Yours yep. sincerely. What can you tell us uh-huh. about them and and uh, their music? Yeah. Uh, so they're a laptop ska. Um, similar to like Tape Girl or KMY or um, 
I mean, really like Chris Grau too. Like there's a lot of like now that are kind of like playing most of the parts on their songs and sort of just like almost solo artist things. Um, so yours sincerely follows that vein. Um, they're from Canada. Um, and I don't know. It just kind of blew me away. Like this was a thing where like, I actually didn't know them at all. Um, briefly from a couple online interactions, but, um, uh, Beth actually tape girl said like, Hey, our friend Nina is wondering if she can send you her album. It's pretty good. Like, well, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, yes. Send it. Like, that's fine. Like, yeah. I always like to hear stuff. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to do anything right, but yeah, send it. And, um, it's just got some stuff that most other releases don't have right now that I was just instantly drawn to. Like, uh, the first time I listened to it, it was kind of like, Whoa, what is happening? And then there would be like this whole new genre and then another one. And then I was like, I gotta hear that again. And then after three times, like, okay, well, there's something here. If I just had to hear it three times in a row. So I was like, Hey, Nina, when can we talk about this? Like, I'm definitely interested. And, you know, went from there, like it's got more of a like grungy kind of, um, alternative vibe than, um, some of the other similar ones that I was talking about. Um, it's definitely not like third wavy or anything, but Mm -hmm. it's got, um, you know, slower ballads, but it's also got like shreddy guitar solos. There's even like, some heavy, like kind of like Scott core breakdowns. Like it feels weird to call it a Scott record. There is Scott on it, of course, but um, there's just so much going on on it. It's just, it's awesome. I love it. It's so good. Um, and Nina played everything um, except for the horns on um, the third track. Um, recruited a couple of people for that. Every otherwise uh, they played everything and it's insane. Awesome. <laughs> it's crazy. Awesome. Do you mind if we uh, take a listen to uh, a track? Do you think they would mind? No, of uh, course. Go for it. Uh, we ha- I brought up pretty much, um, I think, my favorite song on the album. Uh, it's called The Covers. Yeah, of so, course. Um, so let's uh, check that out from yours sincerely. I was young, and I hear a noise creep, so it's strange. My ears until I can hear, is it a monster or a demon or someone who lives with me? I'm finding late until it's no longer nighttime. And the monsters are here, and they're under my bed. Everything is fine, just fine. And the demons are here, and they're under my bed. Everything is fine, just fine. I just scream, and I scream, and I scream, and I scream. Everything is fine, just fine. I'll sleep on any of my covers, and just fall under the covers. I'm just trying to Yeah, I, uh, you're right. The record is, you know, has, is full of a lot of different styles and, um, but all feeling like it feels, you know, without knowing too much about, you know, this individual, yours sincerely, uh, it does, it feels like 
the same person, you know, the same person is putting out these, yeah. these good songs. And, uh, I, I think when you messaged me or told me about the album or you messaged me the album, I, you know, I immediately listened to the first track and I was like, uh, the first track, I'll just say, there's no ska on it, but yeah, it's I just w- piano. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. just blown away by just the heart and soul of that song. Right. I was like, that, yeah, that's really moving. So it's going to blow me away if, you know, I, you know, I assumed, you know, you're putting it out. So there's probably ska on the record somewhere. So yeah. it's kind of like, all right, let's, let's keep listening. And yeah, it's, it's a really good album. And, uh, and that's coming. I'm going to be real honest. I've never been super into computer, you know, music and stuff. Um, and, uh, like Chris Grau, I've been super into, but he also does do a lot of live instruments yeah. and stuff. But, uh, um, but yeah, so I really love this album and that song too. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that's like helping it is that, um, some of the other ones will do like a mix of like, um, almost like MIDI instruments and stuff. Yeah. But Nina did all like live takes. It's just like, took forever for her to like loop and play it all together and blah, blah, blah. So, um, but I do think that gives it that little bit of a retro, like nineties feel and also purposely like mixed it in that way to sort of sound like, you know, like a Veruca salt or, I don't know, like smashing pumpkins or something. Um, like, uh, I know Nina's talked to me before about, um, she really likes, um, crap. What's that record? Uh, Gish, the first Smashing pumpkins record a lot. Mm, Um, Maybe that's like why I like really it. Maybe that's why really I like it so much. Not because I'm a big Smashing Pumpkins fan, but I love '90s music. So yeah. if she could have thrown in some, or if they could have thrown in some '90s hip hop uh, into into <laughs> that mix, I would have. I think I probably would have dropped dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe another release will have a little of that in it. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. But yeah, that's not really her vibe. But um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's awesome. I, that's I great. But it just sort of made sense when you said that they have a lot of 90s sort of, you know, vibe on that. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because I love the 90s music. So, all right. Um, well, uh, before we uh, end this episode, of course, we have ska picks and uh, all that fun stuff. And uh, Chris, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? Oh, OK. Yeah, great. Um... <laughs> I'm vamping, so I remember who I said. Oh, right. I said Luis Corrados. Yes. Okay. So we were talking about SPI Fest earlier. I didn't really like say the whole lineup, which is fine. You can go check it out, spifest.org. Some of the bands on there, a lot of the main reason I wanted to do this was that some of the bands are severely underrated, not just because they're like on the label or anything like that. Um, they're severely underrated. They're not really getting invited to other festivals and things like they have incredible live shows, but they need more eyes on them. And so ideally, the point here was that like by booking some of these bigger bands like Tsunami Bomb, The Toasters, Littlest Man Band, people would buy tickets for that and then they would see some of the other, these other bands. And one of the ones I'm most excited for people to see is Los Corrados because Kurt and Rosie from Hans Kruger and the Diehards are in Los Corrados and I think they're just as good. They're like if you like Hans Gruber and the Diehards, but you wish they sang more in Spanish and had more 
like Latin sky influence, then Los Corrados is for you because Kurt and Rosie only write a few of the songs. The rest of them, they're just in the band, but it's similarly chaotic, but their live show is like a giant party. Probably the craziest shows I've been to all involve Los Corrados. Um, and the more people that can see them, the better. And so I'm having them on Friday night, sort of like in the, the lead up with like joystick and flying raccoon suit and the, like that is going to be insane. And I'm so excited for the, the middle of that. And like that whole room is just going to explode into like a giant dance party. Cause I've seen it happen in that room for Los Grados and this is going to be entirely packed. I hope because we still have a little to sell, <laughs> but, but it's, it's already going to be pretty packed. So I'm so excited about this card. So I wanted to play them here. Uh, I said, cows can't read, right? That's my favorite song of theirs. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That song rules. Um, it, it sounds a little bit, really sounds like a Hans Gruber song, but um, yeah, it's awesome. They're a great band. So All right. let's do it. Let's check it out. sounds like it would be a fun live show yeah they're awesome <laughs> um that's their most like i mean there is some spanish on that one but that's their most like u.s style song because kerr wrote that song but um oh, they're awesome i'm so excited for them to be playing this oh well, i'll never forget one day i just get like a message i think on twitter uh, rosie's like hey have you have you checked out me and kurt's other band <laughs> like oh okay <laughs> and like oh holy heck and yeah, like, they already had like a couple albums out, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is some good stuff." Thank you, thank you. Yeah, what's so great? They'll pull in like hundreds of people in their shows in Austin, um, but like outside of Austin, it's just not happening. Like they're yeah. just, oh, they're so good though. Oh, they're awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So um, my Scott pick is from a band uh, that I'm sure people are sick of me playing songs up from, but. Uh, they're my favorite. So is it Five Iron Frenzy? It sure is. Um, <laughs> it is a song called, uh, and I have to be very mindful of how I say this title. The song is called "God Hates Flags." So um, yeah, so this is Five Iron Frenzy.
like the message of that song and uh it's a good uh anti-hate song so everyone should uh check out that song all right rj why don't you tell us about your ska pick i i think this might be the one of my more played bands actually that i was thinking about it. i think this may be the third time i picked him as a ska pick uh Rizika out of Norway. Yes. Yeah. They're so sick. Great pick. Oh man. Uh, I love them. I've been listening to uh, their album program 91 a lot lately. Yeah. And uh, the song I want to play is uh, taste my dream. And it's, it's one of my absolute favorites. Nice. Uh, no. RJ, I, I think this is three eleven. <laughs> I don't know why you would pick 311. I mean, it's it's a little prank I like to do on you, Matt. I like to I mean, diss 311 and then play them later. They do have some reggae songs. It's your pick. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie. That song is still kind of sick. <laughs> I, I, look, I love 311. Um, all right. So um, here's RJ's actual pick. Actual pick. straight it is that whole album is just oh uh, and i still liked them at the end when they went total like 80s new wave and not oh scum. i love that yeah yeah i mean it's yes. no uh 311 down but, uh, <laughs> but still still a good pick good pick oh that's yeah. excellent pick. so Great. Great pick. Um, i think you mentioned it uh a little bit ago but chris where can people get tickets for spi fest spifest.org and uh, there's another there's another show like after in San Antonio if you're in the San Antonio area with some of the other bands, um, and then there we haven't actually announced yet, but it's fine. There's a, a, another show right before on March 9th if you're in the Dallas area in Denton um, with some of the bands. Um, so yeah, that should all be at spifest.org. Actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, only the main fest is at spi.org. <laughs> spifest.org. But that's fine. That's the main one I want you to go to anyway. The other ones, just pay attention to Scott Punk International on any of the platforms. You can find me there. Um, and I'll post about those links when I have them. All right. So, uh, Chris, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And uh, yeah, Of we, course. We appreciate it this week. And uh, listeners... Uh, if you want to hear more from Chris, you should think about subscribing to our Patreon. Uh, $4 a month gets you at least 
Um, two bonus episodes a month. It gets you private access to a Facebook page. And you get 10% discount on merch. So, yay. I always forget about that one. Yeah, I know. Me too. That's uh, a great perk. <laughs> so, yes. All right, listeners, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Keep listening to Ska. You've been listening to On The Upbeat. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the new episodes as soon as they're available. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at On The Upbeat Ska. Follow our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Please consider joining our Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash ska to sign up today. And thank you for supporting On The Upbeat. Lots of natural light. It's tiny and awful and loud. And it's zone 14B industrial waste cleanup site. We should technically be wearing hazmat suits right now. This seems like the kind of place a ska band would go to shoot heroin.